0: Good morning. What do you see when you look at someone for the first time? What do you see? Marcy uh, passed an HEB employee in the store and down the aisle. He turned around and said, Ma'am, I'm so sorry. I smiled at you but I don't think you had any idea she said well I smiled at you and and he she said I'm sorry I just I'm smiling at you but you can't see it and of course he had a mask on and she had a mask on and it's it's difficult uh, when your nose and mouth are covered to perhaps communicate Uh, what it is that you want to communicate with your face as you see somebody for the first time. And in a unique way, some of us are coming to terms with this, and we've never realized it. Uh, I had a discussion with Andrew this week about what his face was communicating to me, although he said it was not. Uh, have you ever communicated something with your face unintentionally and somebody lets you know what, in fact, you had communicated with your face? It's challenging sometimes. And we make judgments all the time based off of what we see where? On the outside. I'd like to share a short story from the Gospels that encourages us to see people for who they are on the inside even though we might realize that what we often do is see people for who they are on the outside this is a unique story to mark and it's found in mark chapter 8 it's often overlooked I had forgotten about it until Mike quoted it in his sermon last week and referenced a sermon that I gave 14 years ago that I haven't given since. And so I went back to the passage, completely scrapped my original sermon, and looked at it afresh based off of some things that I need to hear. So, Mike, thank you for bringing it to my attention. And this short interaction in Mark chapter 8 begins in verse 22. Mark 8 and verse 22. They came to Bethsaida, and some people brought a blind man and begged Jesus to touch him. Now, that might sound like any old blind man's story. In the Gospels. But if you really think about it, there aren't just an overabundance of stories that really delve into the actual healing of the people that Jesus interacted with who were blind and then were able to see. There are a couple stories, but there are other times when it just mentioned, and he healed the blind. But here Mark takes the opportunity to focus in on one story that the other gospel writers don't focus in on. This particular man was brought to Jesus, and the question was, Jesus, can you touch him? He took the blind man by the hand and led him outside the village. So Bethsaida was the village. This was a a fishing village, likely where where, uh, Peter might have grown up and Jesus takes him outside of the village. We could have our questions about why this was uh, the case. I think those are all very good to ask. I don't know that there's a concrete answer to it, but Jesus takes him outside of the village. When he had spit on the man's eyes and put his hands on him, Jesus asked, do you see anything? Now, These are all important details to the story because the Holy Spirit encouraged Mark to share them. So he puts his hand on him, and he places spit on his eyes. Do you know the Greek word for spit? P-T-U-O with a long O sound. P-T-U-O. That is the Greek word for spit. You'll remember that because it sounds like you've just spit. And so, literally, it says, and Jesus put on his eyes. Now, saliva was thought to have some sort of medicinal value in ancient culture. I'm not exactly certain that's the reason that Jesus did it. Jesus healed people towns away. He didn't need to come into close interaction with you. He could heal the leper from across the yard. He could heal the centurion's son from a village away. But for this man, he spit on his eyes and he touched him. And then he said, can you see anything? Something's going on here that's bigger than just the miracle. And I think that's why the details are included. And there was always a message with the miracle. What's the message with the miracle? Jesus says, do you see anything? Remember, they're outside of the village, probably away from the people. And that's my guess as to why Jesus did it in this way. And the man says this, I see people, they look like trees walking around. Now, this man came to Jesus because he could not see. Now he is able to see, but he is not able to see what? Clearly. So Jesus has helped him see, but his vision is still blurred. Now the point that we'd like to consider today is that this miracle takes place in a progressive fashion to teach us a lesson about how sometimes, spiritually, we are healed. Can you look back on a point in your life where you experienced growth, but then a few years later you realized, wow, I still wasn't seeing things very clearly, and after a time, you see things with much more clarity than you had originally seen them before. The man came to Jesus. He was blind. Then he saw people as if they were trees walking. And now, it says in verse 25, Once more Jesus put his hands on the man's eyes. Then his eyes were opened, and his sight was restored, and he saw everything clearly. Some have said, Jesus didn't get it right the first time. I'm just going to dismiss that. If you were thinking that, we can talk about that later. The story that comes next in Mark is the journey of the apostles to Caesarea Philippi, where he asks his apostles, Who do men say that I am? And do you remember what they respond first? Some say John the Baptist, others Elijah, or one of the prophets. And then he says, and what about you? Who do you say that I am? And that's when Peter, of course, responds, as Mark records it here, you are the Christ, or as it's recorded in Matthew chapter 16, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. So the very next story in the Gospel of Mark talks about how some people viewed Jesus and how did they view him? They could see a little bit, but was their sight completely clear? Some say like John the Baptist, others say like Elijah. And so the very next story that Mark shares demonstrates that people had room to grow in the way that they were clearly seeing Jesus himself. Now, what lets us know that these two stories are placed together with purpose is the very last thing that Jesus tells the blind man is, don't go into the village. And then what's the very last thing that Jesus tells his apostles after Peter says, you are the Christ, the son of the living God? He says, don't tell anyone about it. So these two stories are set with purpose next to each other for us to learn about how it is that sometimes we can see, but we see with distorted vision, or we see blurry. And some of us know this because we wear glasses and we know that we see people like trees walking without our glasses on, and then we put our glasses on and things are a little bit more clear. Or some of us have problems hearing and we hear things, but we're not really listening. And so our hearing needs to be fully restored, and so we place a device, and then we can listen and accurately tell what people have actually said. Growth, progressive healing, admitting that although we were once blind, it is able, we are able to sometimes see, but see in a distorted way. What's the practical message for us? Sometimes we see people like trees walking. We see them as figures. We see them for what they are, maybe just on the outside but we don't take the time to reflect and to really examine who they are on the inside. I wonder how it would be if we stopped and asked Jesus, help me to see the soul and help me to stop seeing people just as trees walking by. I think if we're all honest with ourselves, we can find some area, some time in our life where we held some view about someone that we realized later was inaccurate. I assumed this about you, but later I got to know you, or I got to know your story, and now I can see with clarity. Has that happened to each one of us? Lord, help me to see the soul and not to see people merely as trees walking. How do we do this? Two practical things to reflect on this morning. First, practice self-examination. Practice honest self-examination. One of the things that distinguishes you from your dog is that you walk on two legs and that you can think about what you're thinking about. You can think about what you're thinking about. Your dog does not think about what it's thinking about. It just sees the treat and says, I will do whatever you tell me to do to get that treat. But it cannot analyze its thoughts. We can step back from a situation and think about how we're thinking. And that is one of the special ways that we can say we are created in the image of the invisible God. When we commune together, what are we told to do? Mindlessly participate. Just checking if you're awake. What are we told to do? To examine ourselves, to think about how we're thinking to reflect on maybe decisions that we've made this week or the way that we've viewed certain people or the way that maybe we reacted to someone because we really weren't even thinking. So I guess the first step is to stop and think and then to think about how we're thinking. And if we'll simply ask ourselves that question, what we're doing is giving an opportunity for Jesus to help us see more clearly. Then, we can ask ourselves, the person that I'm interacting with that I might have seen as just a tree walking, where are they coming from? What are they thinking? And why might they have responded to me in that way where I might be able to forgive them or show them some grace? And what we're then doing is Empathizing with them. We are thinking about how they might be thinking after we have thought about how we might have been thinking. Don't grade my English on that sentence. But you know what we're saying, right? Self-examination and empathy. The blind man came to Jesus and said, Heal me. He allowed him to see, but his vision was blurred. Then he allowed him to see more clearly. I know that I'm caught with the blurred vision, especially as I reflect on maybe how I'm interacting with people right now when I can't see their face. (laughs) Maybe when I'm interacting with People in my community that are very angry about sometimes legitimate things and sometimes illegitimate things. What am I thinking about my thinking? And what might they be thinking that I can think about that will help me empathize with where they're coming from? Jesus, help me see. But more than just people walking as trees, help me see their soul. When Jesus came to a small village, there was a man who was short who got up into the tree so that he could see Jesus. The reason that he got up into the tree was the crowd was not interested in allowing him to see Jesus. He was a lowly tax collector. He'd been overlooked, literally I guess, but also figuratively because people weren't seeing him for who he was on the inside. But he's the person that Jesus selected. And Luke records, after that interaction with Zacchaeus, after he asked him to come down out of the tree, he said, he's going to his house today for the Son of Man came to seek and to save that which is lost. That was the purpose for which Jesus arrived. And that's our purpose as we follow Jesus. Our purpose is to seek and to save that which is lost. And to be able to do that, we want to see people as Jesus sees them. That's our message this morning. Jesus sees your soul. He knows what is most valuable about you is who you are on the inside. He desires to change that. And by changing what is on the inside from taking what was once lost to be made found by taking one who is blind, who can now see, he will change you to the outside too. That is, he will change your behavior. It can be an overflow from the transformation that begins within. When you're baptized into Jesus Christ, into his death, burial, and resurrection, you rise out of the grave to walk anew. You now have new life, new perspective, and the ability to see clearly. That's the healing that Jesus can bring.